Welcome to Mox TV Talk, the podcast where we take a loving, longing look at TV and tell you this week, look, we're interrupting our normal programming because the Emmys are here. Since the dawn of time, man has searched far and wide for the best things on TV. What to watch. How to watch. Who's watching what. Free to wear this. VPN that. Plug in and listen to what other people think about what you are and are not watching. It's Mogs TV Talk, the podcast, with your host, Steve Mock. As usual, uh, I get to sit back and reflect on the goodness, the badness, and the everything in between that was the Emmys with my good friend, SBS to the feeds, Mark Humphreys. Hello, Steve. Hello, Mark, and welcome to ABC Radio National. It's <laughs> <laughs> coming up to 3pm, and... Uh... Talking Emmys this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark! Look, it was it was the best of times. It was the blurst of times, <laughs> and I think we saw the most. Uh, I'm going to say beige, but in a good way. The most beige Emmys ever. Charmingly beige. Uh, yes, underwhelming, but not offensively underwhelming. Just <laughs> sort of three hours of yeah, that was television. Um, yeah, there was nothing really, or it's certainly nothing offensive. There was lots of expected political gags. I think that's going to happen in an election year. Um, some that didn't quite land yeah. and didn't stick anywhere near closest to what the people who were presenting them thought they would. Uh, but it was it was a thing, you know. No one is going to come away and say the Emmys were horrible or the you know the Emmys screwed it no, up again. It was like the anti logies. I'm going to quote. Uh, a man named Peter Thayman, who I met once, who was the director of, uh, he directed Crocodile Dundee, um, but he also was a director and producer of The Don Lane Show. Excellent. And he was talking about how television is really um, about moments, and especially mm. when you're talking about like variety, something like Don Lane, or in this case, talking about the Emmys, that across a show, the show kind of just needs to go along at a, as, at a certain sort of standard, but it's really about does the show have those moments? And I think that last night's, I think that the Emmys had some moments. I would have liked more. I don't think it had a huge number of, wow, what, what an incredible moment of television. Um, but I've, we'll, we'll, we'll get to, there's maybe, maybe three, if I'm generous, moments from last night's show. Um, but that's, so that's the sort of thing is that it wasn't, it didn't have a lot of kind of things that we're going to look back on of, uh, wow, that was, that was really something. Yes. This is our, well, now I think it's our third annual, isn't it, Mark? Emmy's wrap where Great. Mark and I will talk, uh, about our feelings on what happened at the Emmys. Uh, and look, it doesn't mean much to most people, but it's important to us. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Um, I, I think. Probably, let's go from the start. If, if we, we pick up with host Jimmy Kimmel, what before we get into too much detail, what was your overall impression of Kimmel as host? Uh, just a bit of, just a, just a, everything, just, yeah, I, 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 I talk about this with my co-writer Evan when we're, we're writing a script um, for the feed where if sometimes... If you're just not if you're just not in the zone, I, I describe it as sort of strafing comedy. You're not hitting, you're not hitting the, the nail on the head. You're kind of just sort of sliding by it and sort of scraping past it. And I felt like that's what there were not moments where I was like, yes, nailed it, killer punchline, great mm. joke. It was all like, yeah, okay, almost. Eh. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> Almost. Yeah, exactly. So there was, you know, there were there were a lot of they'd had a lot of thoughts, a lot of comedic thoughts, but they just none of them really landed for me. They weren't. I didn't have any big laughs. Whereas last year, I thought Andy Samberg was a terrific host, and I really felt that this year. And you really, and I really felt it when Andy and Kit Harrington came out yes. to as uh, to present. Uh, that that was a, that was a moment where the, the show suddenly lifted for me because it was like oh here's here's some actual comedy here's some you know set up punchline here's a concept and 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 these guys are, are delivering on it whereas Kimmel I just felt like I didn't didn't have enough of those laugh out loud moments everything was sort of funny 
but not wow what a joke yeah it kind of felt like minutes you know three to six on a 15 minute set didn't it yeah from a comedian perspective where they're, they're dropping the gags they're keeping the momentum rolling but not the big laughs that you get right. as things build towards the end or the big opener and that sort of thing yeah um, it did struggle i agree that it was uh, and uh, and i acknowledge that not everybody uh is an andy sandberg fan mm. i loved when he and uh, harrington came out uh and did their hey we're just going to do some lines for next year's promo yeah um because some of them didn't land in the auditorium you could hear there wasn't a whole bunch of no. laughs laughed like a drain i thought they were hilarious particularly when kit harrington got down yeah. on his knee just i mean <laughs> what no okay i accept <laughs> It was just it was just a great concept. I mean that's that's the thing. If you can get the if you can get the right idea and then you can sort of colour it in with jokes. And I just don't think that there were enough great ideas last night. For instance, if I think about like the the handing out the sandwiches and the, the juice. Yep. So that was an idea which I, I, as soon as it started happening, I felt like, oh, we're, get, we're getting back to that Oscars thing that Ellen DeGeneres did with the pizza. There's nothing inherently funny yep. about feeding people. Um there were a couple of, you know, it then led to a couple of, you know, comedic moments of, of keep giving juice over and over again to David Schwimmer because he always kept yes. saying juice during, you know, the People vs. Oh, J.J. Simpson. But even then, it, felt, it just felt a little forced. Then there was a thing with Amy Schumer uh, getting... I a, really liked that, though, the Amy Schumer moment with the note in the, the lunch bag. That was okay. That was okay. That was, uh, that was a better... He overplayed it at the end. Yeah, that was it. I, it just everything just felt a little bit over. It just didn't feel a little. It just didn't feel comfortable. Everything just felt a little bit strained. Um, we needed the auga thing at the end of some of those things, or the, you know, <laughs> the, the waka waka. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So um, yeah, so the Kimmel. I've never been a huge Kimmel fan. I think I think he's all right. It, it's he's he's a sort of a bit of a mystery to me because he started out at least to my knowledge, on The Man Show, which was a very kind of, like, you just wouldn't, I just feel like it wouldn't air today. It would, I mean, everyone would just describe it as sexist, I, I think. Um, do you remember The Do you remember the Man the man Show? I do. Yeah. Do you, you know that Bloke's World is still being made oh, is and it? aired? Oh, okay. All right. Well, it shows what I know. Um, yeah. And so uh, since trans- transitioning into Jimmy Kimmel Live, I, I kind of, one thing I like that he's done, he's been big on like reunions. He's done mm-hmm. like, he did a great Back to the Future thing for the 25th anniversary. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, yeah. 30th anniversary um, of getting Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd in their costumes and arriving in a DeLorean and all that was stuff. They got the new Ghostbusters and the old Ghostbusters together. So he, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he's, he's filling a niche, which, which, which I don't mind. But as a host, I, I, I felt there could have been more. Dependable and inoffensive. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's Kimmel. Yeah. Um, but, but yet, weirdly, occasionally, mildly, uh, I wouldn't say offensive, but just like the Cosby thing was just sort of, I don't know, <laughs> the thing about saying, and now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... Dr. William Cosby, I, it's a funny idea, but ultimately one that just creates discomfort. Um, and that, I thought, was the thing. that that's I laughed at the fact that they did it and then they cut immediately to audience reaction. Yeah. Because there was nothing happening on stage. Mm. And there were, like, I would say that that was a clear sign. No one in the auditorium knew what was going on because yes. there were some real faces of what the hell is happening here. Uh, yeah, and then true. to have Kimmel walk out, go no, 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 it's okay. We just wanted to see how you'd react. Mm. Yeah. I thought that was some excellent comedy. At but the catch is, at the cost of the people who normally in the Emmy situation we're laughing with. In that case, we got to laugh at them. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I just felt, I just felt uneasy, <laughs> 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 and not in that kind of you know Ricky Gervais office kind of. You know, awkward humor sort of thing. I just felt like, ugh. I just feel like I don't know. I want. I think there's part of me that wants showbiz award shows to be showbiz and yeah. things like that, and anything that sort of undercuts it too much. Uh, I, I start. I kind of feel like you st- I still want it to be maintaining a certain level of professionalism. Um, not that that's unprofessional, but it just sort of. 
it, it kind of suddenly puts the brakes on the show and takes it into kind of weird, rapey territory. Um, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, no, and that's fair, right? Because we look at, at talk show, late night talk show hosts, their job is to be the best friend of the celebrity and to ask all of the nice questions and to play lower status to give them the ups because they're the famous person mm. um, and all of that. And that's why when they play um, the host role in these scenarios, it usually works really well because they play down on themselves. They play up on the celebrity. The most that you might get is a joke about the fact that, and this happened exactly the same as it did the Oscars. Like you said, when the food came out, I know most of you haven't eaten since Labor Day. Mm. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, ha, ha, ha. You've starved yourselves to look great, mm-hmm. but don't you look great? Mm. Yeah. And that moment where, you know, it's Bill Cosby, and we're seeing their reaction and some people are very uncomfortable and for him to come out that all of a sudden wasn't him punching, you know, uh, himself or, or, you know, he was punching up, but in a way that we're un, we're not used to from a late night talk show host. If it was Gervais, you'd say, yep, okay, I get it. And the catch was that he would have then had Bill Cosby walk out behind him. Mm. Um, if it was Andy Samberg, you'd say, I get it. And then he would have had someone dressed up as Bill Cosby right. walk out behind him, mm-hmm. uh, or come out have come out in front of him, and then he comes out. Oh, just kidding, everyone. You know, it's all it's all fine. Um, but yeah, we like we wouldn't expect that from a Kimmel or a Fallon or a uh, a Corden. You know, it, it's we we have to. We're all nice people. We're all happy. We're playing together. We know the rules, and that one bent a rule that we're not used to. I, that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. What was how, how did you feel about the opening uh, sketch? The uh, you know the start of the show. I felt it was a bit flat. I mean, I laughed. I thought the moment with Jeb Bush in the front of the limo was delightful. I thought he was a great sport and yes. had great de- great delivery. I don't know how natural that was. I don't know how many takes it took to get that, but I thought he did really really well and was the highlight of that of that piece. Um, I think the stuff of him being incorporated into with modern... Everything else was just, yeah, here's ABC's lineup. Oh, and we'll throw in Veep because it's popular and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it was... Yeah, completely. Eh. Yeah, that's it. The modern family thing just sort of, eh, you know. Whereas, like, because Conan did that sort of thing when he hosted a few years ago and it totally worked. And, I mean, the highlight of that, which was back in, God, I can't even think now, about 2000, was like he suddenly ends up, he's sort of going from set to set, and he yes. ends up on, uh, in, in, just in a house, and suddenly the host of um, To Catch a Predator walks in, <laughs> and yes. Conan panics, and it was just like that, you know, that was, uh, but I'm a, I'm a huge Conan fan, so I, 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 I sort of, as I was watching him, I was sort of longing for Conan, because I was like, Conan would have done this better, and would have better <laughs> ideas, and so, so you just this sort of feels like, oh, we should just put Jimmy in different shows. Um, the highlight, the other thing though that did work in that I thought, was, and which I was not sure of at first, but was when the, James Corden comes and picks him up, yeah. and they do their carpool karaoke, and the little wham sequence I did yes. enjoy. I thought, oh, that's they've committed, you know, they've really con- committed to this concept. Um, yeah, so I, I did enjoy that. No, a wonderful little nod to uh, to George and Andy, um, and, and lovely to see them all dressed up. That was fun. Um, oh, oh, you talking about other sequences that worked? I remember very fondly. Remember the Emmys where, uh, I, and I can't remember who hosted it. This kills me. But they weren't even in it. But it was this great montage of crossovers between TV shows. Um, to like they, and this was when the the US Office was still big. So we had, and Breaking Bad was still on. So we had, um, uh, what was Walt's, oh, this kills me, I can't remember this now, Walt's Offsider. Um, Jesse? Was, yeah, Jesse turned up at the office uh, because he was there to sell drugs to, um, you know, the, the sketchy guy that always sort of right. seemed to be in and out. And, that's, and he's like, oh, my drug's over here. And he's like, what is going on? But there was lots of those moments, just lots of different, you know, mm. people from shows in, out in other situations. That worked as well but no i agree it was it was also mercifully short though yes like that whole intro was not long and then he came out and gave a monologue that was okay yeah but not outstanding whereas i remember my memory from last year is that sandberg had a series of great lines like really great punch lines that had me 
a fouring. But this, whereas, I mean, like the thing with, like everything just, uh, take, there was a the bit where Jimmy Kimmel blamed the producer of The Apprentice, Mark Burnett, for the, the whole yes. Trump phenomenon. That's, that's a good idea. That's, that's, an inter- that's a really interesting thought that I, I've not heard articulated anywhere else. But it just dragged. It just, he kind of made that joke. It didn't, or made go, it, anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. Exactly. And so we're looking at Mark Burnett and he's smiling and, yeah, nodding along. And Jimmy Kimmel just sort of saying, yeah, this is the guy. This is the guy that we, that's responsible. And it, this is all your fault. We blame you. It's like, where are you going with this? We, you, you, you've, 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 you've latched onto an interesting idea and you're squandering it. Yeah. I'm a real snob. <laughs> There was a, a photo that Kimmel tweeted um, not long before the Oscars, probably obviously in, in the afternoon, which was a picture of him and his daughter um, hunched over a script, uh, a piece of paper, but that he said, you know, we're just punching up one final punch up of the script before we, you know, go out tonight uh, and do that. Um, and I suggest that maybe she didn't punch up enough. <laughs> yeah, Saka. I thought there was some good, uh, there were a couple of moments where I thought there was some good ad libs where he responded to, uh, a speech or something yes. that had just happened. I think he did quite well on his feet. Um, oh yeah, his response to the the lady who won best director in a comedy mm. uh, for Transparent. And look, she amazing work. I love love Transparent. Um, she has her moment and talks about you know the, the people you know more opportunities for trans uh, performers and those sorts of things. Uh, and she finishes with what smash the patriarchy. Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, which look fair. They're your politics. Go hard. She walks off stage. He walks on stage, and he says, "I'm not sure if smashing the patriarchy is a good thing for me." <laughs> I thought something else that was really interesting about her receiving that award is that the award was presented to her by Peter Scolari, and Peter Scolari, 35 years ago, starred in *Bosom Buddies* with Tom Hanks, yes! where he and Tom Hanks dressed up as women for laughs. I had forgotten that. And I thought it was so interesting that 35 years later, and it was just pure coincidence, that he would be presenting an award for this director of a show where it's a man who now is identifying as a woman, and that is not for laughs. That is, that is, his, well, that is her reality. Yeah, um, but Mark, this is where we get to talk conspiracies, right? Mm-hmm. Because while we didn't know that, and presumably only the wonderful people at, at Ernst & Young um, did... Ernst and Young mm-hmm. and the other guy, uh, as Leslie Jones put it, which I thought well, was a tough piece, but she sold it pretty well, particularly then making fun of the nightmare that, that has been her Twitter account. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but that, um, you know, it, it, it's... Oh, what was my point? You said something conspiracy. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, it's so that Peter Scolari had played effectively, uh, at least someone who was cross-dressing, mm-hmm. um, presenting... Best director for a comedy to Jill Soloway, mm-hmm. who won for an episode of Transparent. Um, mm-hmm. You know that. Well, yeah, th- those sorts of things. That I mean, there's a lot, to, lot of ducks to line up. Let's be fair, because wasn't Scaleri there because he won? Well, he won uh, one of the other awards that wasn't presented on the night. Exactly, that's right. Uh, best, I think. So that was part of the hook. Right? If you won an award, you got to stand up and present an award elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it was just coincidence. I think it's too hard to line those. It's a lot of coincidence, Mark. And I have well, but I haven't seen anyone else make. Well, I want to pat myself on the back. I haven't seen anyone else make the observation that I just made to you. So, um, but Mark, I might it's be a wrong, podcast. But... That's what podcasts are for. <laughs> Patting ourselves on the back. Well, Idiot. that yeah. and weird conspiracy theories, oh, okay, right. things that no one else has thought of. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. I didn't get the memo. I'll I'll change my future responses accordingly. <laughs> An excellent transition, though. Let's talk briefly and broadly about the comedy awards. Um, just to, to the highlights, um, comedy. Well, the highlights. Th- this was the outcome. Uh, Veep picked up best comedy series in a very tight field. I would offer. Um, in fact, a lot of the fields were really tight. If we take out the multiple entries for the People versus OJ Simpson, which we will discuss in the drama section, um, Julie Louis Dreyfus picked up. Lead actress for a comedy. Lead actor was Jeffrey Tambor for Transparent. Supporting actress was Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live. I was very happy with that. Kate mm. McKinnon is, uh, I watch Saturday Night Live religiously week in, week out, and she has been an absolute standout. And, you know, ever since Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader left the show, there's a real, they've been lacking someone who can do great 
character work, and um, she she shines on that show. So I was really pleased to see that recognised. I loved um, her reaction when it was announced. Mm-hmm. I loved her speech. Mm-hmm. I'm really crying, you guys. Mm. Um, and her speech was you know, lovely and in and out. I think it was the first award of the night too. So it's in done or second award of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, in and done and out. And then for those that don't know or have felt they didn't want to ruin their childhood, uh, Kate McKinnon stars in the new Ghostbusters and uh, does a fantastic job in that weird sciencey Egon-ish kind of role um, with a cracking haircut too. She looks amazing. Uh, Leslie Jones, who we talked about just before, also stars in it. So they've become very good friends. Leslie Jones uh, tweeted a vine of her reacting because she was backstage because she had to present of Leslie, of Kate winning that supporting actress in a comedy. Leslie Jones lost her shit. She was going ballistic and screaming, and it was so lovely to see her so happy for her friend mm. who was really not coping with the moment herself on stage. I thought it was lovely. Mm. Uh, and best supporting actor in a comedy or outstanding supporting was Louis Anderson from Baskets. Now, this is the Zach Galifianakis comedy that appears on, I'm going to say HBO, could be comedy. Uh, in Australia, it appears on Foxtel, so good luck to you finding it. Um, I thought it, a really funny series, but if you thought that Louis looked uh, familiar, that's because he's been the token white fat guy with uh, buck teeth in just about everything, <laughs> including coming to America. I was reading about him and how he, I think he made his debut on the Tonight, or he appeared on the Tonight Show back in 1984. Mm. And then yeah, from that, he was in the pilot of Perfect Strangers with Bronson Pinchot. Um, but was replaced by Mark Lynn Baker when it went to series. And it's, 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 quite, a, it's quite a depressing Wikipedia entry because it goes, uh, he was in the pilot, uh, but was then replaced by Mark Lynn Baker for the series. The series ran for eight seasons. <laughs> and it's like, oh. God, that's eight years of work. That's just gone down the toilet. Um, yeah, that was a very interesting. Actually, now that I think of it, it's kind of interesting that uh, both that the best actor in a comedy and best supporting actor in a comedy were both for men playing women. Yeah, um, very interesting. Yeah, right. I'm. A, I, I've not seen Baskets. I, I would have liked to see that show. Uh, that award. Well, so he made Louis. I'm sure he's brilliant. But uh, my, I was. I was rooting for Titus Burgess in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I think he's brilliantly funny. In yep. That. Oh, and, and but this is the problem, right? Is that there are, as I said, particularly through the comedy stuff, even in the drama, so many really tight um, uh, races. You, you look at that supporting actor in a comedy, Louis for Baskets, Andre Brower for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, totally could have taken it out. Keegan-Michael Key in Key and Peele, totally could have taken it out. Ty Burrell, Modern Family, he's taken it out more than once and again couldn't have taken it out. I really liked what Jeffrey Tambor said in his acceptance speech of just like, let's just get something straight. There is no best actor. And I think that's that's a really great point. It was just that, that we are so spoiled at the moment, you know, I, I, I don't want to repeat the cliche, but, you know, we are in this golden age. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just whoever wins, great, but you're all doing amazing work. <laughs> yeah, television's in a real sweet spot. He also, and look, this is why another reason why I just love Jeffrey Tambor. He also then spoke about how, um, you know, he wouldn't be unhappy if he was the last male actor mm. to be awarded for a trans role. That was really interesting. Yes, that's good to hear. He went on to call for actors and directors and those sorts of things to give trans people auditions, give them a chance. Yes. But just that the real heartfelt um, push towards it uh, and, and talking about it. Uh, and I, I think it was also, was it then or it might have been, it could have been on the red carpet I saw him and they were talking to, to Jeffrey. Uh, and said, oh, transparent, you know, really pushing the TV landscape. Uh, and he said, no, no, forget the TV landscape. This is pushing the landscape. Mm. You know, this is incredible television, and it is. And to have it in the comedy uh, section, in part, does it a real disservice because it's not, yeah. compared to some of the other things, it's not your ha-ha, funny, laugh-out-loud comedy. There are some marvellously black, funny moments well, in it. Well, I mean, I think that was a, a really a, a, quite a good line story. Uh, on the I can't remember now who said it, whether it was Kim Olbert saying that Transparent was born as a drama but identifies as a comedy. 
thought that was a, a great observation. <laughs> but the uh, just also in the comedy category, outstanding writing for yep. a comedy series, Master of None. Yes. I, I really thought was that was such a well earned because oh, that yeah. episode, Parents, where Aziz Ansari and Alan Yang wrote basically mm-hmm. wrote the stories of their own parents and their yes. you know experience of coming to America. Uh, and, and just and as he's had his parents found great as his parents, yes, yes. Um, I, I, it was that's just a wonderful half hour of television. I was really pleased to to, to see that to take on the award. Absolutely, and look, the, the great thing about um, Master of None is that if you haven't seen the whole series, it's really easy to just pick up an episode and watch it. There are certainly some gags that you will mm. miss, but each episode really happily stands alone, just watching as an episode. So. If, if you want to see what we're fawning yeah. over, go and, and get onto Netflix and pull up the parents episode of Master of None and just yeah. be amazed at, look, uh, as Alan Yang said in his acceptance speech, if more uh, Chinese American parents gave their kids, um, you know, Cameron, typewriter Cameron's writing instead of, yeah. instead of violins, we'd be better off. Um, that kind of thing, it's just written and poured into that script. So it's it's mm. wonderful. Um, Veep could have walked away with every award that it was nominated for and I wouldn't have been unhappy too. I yeah, I've got to say, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, that brought me to tears, her speech that was, because obviously her father had passed away, I think, two days yes. earlier and that was, oh, yeah, it was, that was beautiful and sad. And She nearly didn't make yeah, it off. No, but that, that really, I, I did, <laughs> I did, uh, I did choke up, yeah. There was something yeah. in my eye. Um, and wonderful to see Richard Dreyfus on Twitter. Um, hey, everyone. I'm not Julia's <laughs> father, but thanks for the concern. God. Oh, gosh. What a world. What a world. It's so great. It's so great. Oh, kills me. Uh, so drama, uh, sorry, comedy, I think, wrapped up. We're all pretty happy with that. Just about any of them could have won in just about any of the, the categories. I agree. You know, to see Titus pick up supporting actor would have been marvellous, but I would have loved if Tony Hale did it again mm-hmm. as well, yeah. you know? So there's there's lots of good moments there. Uh, I think it's a good opportunity. Let's talk about the limited series and, and those sorts of things. This is where we start to talk about the people versus OJ Simpson and those sorts of things. So uh, categories, we're talking about TV movie. That was won by Sherlock, The Abominable Bride. Uh, well done to them. Limited series, the people versus wild OJ about that. Can I just Fargo. say quickly? <laughs> no, look, we we will talk about that in a second. I am on record as saying it was not as good as yeah, everyone says it is. Yeah, that's how I felt. So anyway, Fargo criminally overlooked yeah. because of it because it only eight or ten episodes long doesn't fall into the drama series category. It's they've put it in the limited series category, so it's up against this crap and gets you know no one scores anything when everybody that was nominated for Fargo absolutely should have won. Criminal. Um, Lead actress in a a limited series on movies, Sarah Paulson for The People uh, versus O.J. Simpson. Again, kicking away Kirsten Dunst. Loved loved her speech, though. I think what was really fantastic is that, and I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this, where, because she played Marsha Clark, and she was talking about how, at the time... Uh, of the OJ trial and the years since, the media has portrayed Marsha Clark in a particular way. And then in searching mm. this role and playing this role and meeting the woman, she came to understand her to be much more complex and not this, you know, not, not the way that she had been previously represented. So for yes. Sarah Paulson to get up and to apologize to Marsha Clark in her speech, I thought was a really uh, that wonderful, that was a really wonderful moment. And Marsha Clark went as her. Uh, plus yes. one for for the um, event, and that uh, that I thought that was a wonderful use of that platform. Yeah, yeah, and as Jimmy Kimmel pointed out, you know, possibly the closest to TV inception you <laughs> had uh, to bring the person that yeah, you're right. playing as your date is, yeah, um, no, I completely agree, and and I think that she pointed out some of the um, the bastardry just indirectly around the way the media had treated Marsha Clark in the process because. And I did sit through every episode of the series. Um, it's it's highlighted as a part of the people V.O.J. Simpson that the media were brutal towards Marsha Clark. But then that this was at the first trial that was as televised and broadly watched as it was and nothing was off limits and no one knew how to do any of it. 
it was all being kind of made up on the fly. So critiquing, you know, the uh, the attorney's mm. outfits and hair was open mm. slather. And, yeah, some horrible things Another great speech within that, um, Sterling K. Brown, who also yes. won for People vs. O.J. Simpson. That was just a – it was just – I just love those speeches that are – uh, how do I? I don't know. They're, they're just from the heart, I suppose. And I just thought he spoke spoke very, very well, and uh, and kind of acknowledged all the work that goes into, um, you know. At the end of the day, yes, you give that performance, but this is it's years of working with, uh, you know, theatre troops and and other supportive, you know, your support networks and everything. And I and I, I thought he kind of did really well to kind of paint that bigger picture of of, of where you come from to get to this moment. I also really enjoy when they do these kinds of award ceremonies, learning who is married to yes. and who is hooked That's up right. with who. Uh, Sterling K. Brown partnered to Angela Bassett. Thank you very oh, much. Hang on. I think it's – I think he uh, Angela Bassett is uh, married to Courtney B. Vance. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah. No, that's right because he was going nuts yeah. as well. He was but, loving it. That's right. Sorry. But I didn't realize that the guy from – who co-writes or co-directs uh, Game of Thrones is married to Amanda Peet. Yes. Uh, yeah. I know. How much is he batting out outside his league? <laughs> he seems like Jeez. a good-looking guy. <laughs> Come on, look, it, it, nice dude, right? I haven't seen him buck naked in a film yet, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, Sterling K. Brown was great. He got Best Supporting Actor for uh, People v. O.J. Simpson. Courtney B. Vance, you're right. I apologise. Uh, Angela Bassett's... Uh, owned by her. Um, he won for lead actor. And and I'm going to say, of all of the performances uh, in People V.I.J. Simpson, I loved Sterling K. Brown's. I thought his was excellent mm. in a sea of... <laughs> but then Travolta was in it, and far much more, far too much was made about John Travolta being in a TV drama when all it was was Travolta, bad eyebrows, and a horrible... Yeah, right. um, Regina King won for American Crime, supporting actress... Um, we throw into some others. The Voice won for reality show competition. Who cares? Um, last week tonight, and look, this this is a cracker. So last week tonight won for variety talk series that was up against tonight with Jimmy Fallon, Real Time with Bill Maher, Late Late with Corden, Jimmy Kimmel Live, and comedians in cars getting coffee. Mm. This is big yeah. news. People, well, like we've had the the Netflix and the Amazons. They've been in the Emmys for a couple of years now. This is the first time that yeah. Crackle, the, the network that has Seinfeld series there, that nominated, lined up like that's massive. Fantastic, awesome. Love comedians and cows getting Yeah. Also, really good to see Oliver get up and deliver his speech and to hear um, his writing team and all of the people go nuts up in the <laughs> up mm. in the bleachers. Uh, as he said, we flew the entire team out, uh, and they're going to go. They're going to go hard after this. <laughs> but basically, it was beware, um, LA. There's a whole bunch of New Yorkers here who are very tired and very dressed up, and going to be pretty full of alcohol, ready to hit you shortly. Um, the other hook for that was because Kimmel was nominated. Uh, there was this pre-planned bit, the ongoing feud, air quotes between Kimmel and Matt Damon. Damon just saunters out on stage eating an apple. And looks at Kimmel and goes, so uh, you lost. And starts this great piece, just making mm. fun of him. Uh, yeah, come on, audience, give him a hand. He lost. He's, you know, he's going to have to stand up here all night knowing that he lost. Yeah, that was good. That was um, it was delightful. And, of course, all in fun. And he walks off and makes a bit of a ham-fisted gag, a Goodwill hunting style. Um, I thought the best tag on that gag, however, was later after the show, Jimmy Kimmel's wife tweeted a picture um i'm sorry you lost darling but it was worth it because i really wanted to see matt damon <laughs> yeah great yeah no matt damon yeah he's uh he doesn't get to show off his sort of comedic chops too often but i think he i'd love to see him do more comedy um and oh, that isn't please, yeah. you know stuck on you um uh, no that's yeah. exactly right god so we need to talk about the abomination that was The People versus O.J. Simpson, which I know is unpopular uh, as far as opinions go. Certainly in America it is, given how many freaking Emmys it picked up. Uh, but even within people here in Australia that have just gone, oh, it was so good and blah, blah, blah. 
I, I did we watch a different show, Mark? What did you? Oh, think I only of it? saw the first couple of episodes. I think people love the story. I don't know whether people really thought it was a. Well, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't stick with it, so I, I can't speak too much on it. But I just think it's such a fascinating story um, that we were all ready to to hear. So, but I, I can't. I can't say anything about the quality of the the drama or the performances. The main thing. I mean, I wasn't blown away by what I saw, and I didn't appreciate the sort of crowbarred in references to the young Kardashians. Oh um, God! But it was the worst. But, um, but I don't begrudge them their success. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it was ten episodes, so ten hours of show that aired on FX in the states and ten here in Australia, and it was. The retelling of the O.J. Simpson trial, the first one, which he got away clean on. You know, he was fair, he was acquitted of murder um, uh, for uh, for killing Nicole Brown Simpson and, and uh, her new best friend. Um, and it starts with the night of, not showing him doing it, but alluding to, you know, kind of that he wasn't around. They couldn't prove where he was. And then the police and they're very inept uh, uh, investigation into it and how a lot of evidence was moved and changed and all of the stuff that, that came up in the case. But it really did focus on the defence and the prosecution and the people behind it, which is why we got to see a lot of these other characters that we really only saw on television, in court or doing press conferences before or after. Um, Travolta was distracting. He wasn't really there other than to be, as best I could tell, a wig holder. Um and yeah, look, this was the thing. David Schwimmer may have looked a lot like Robert Kardashian, and that's fine. Um, they way too much crowbarred in mentions of the remaining existing Kardashians. Because at that point, Kim and her you know, brothers and sisters were younger, and mum was reasonably freshly ex-Mrs. Kardashian. Uh, so... Like, we just didn't need to, we didn't see, we didn't need to see him take his kids out for Father's Day for brunch mm. and, you know, have the little object lesson that he gave them. It was pointless. It was so what, horrible. You know, when we look at the, those events, what was the bigger crime? Murdering those two people or bringing about the Kardashian phenomenon? I don't know. <laughs> Jury's out. <laughs> I would put to you that had. O.J. Simpson taking out the Kardashian children, no court would have quit. God. Particularly if it was now. I'm with you. <laughs> no argument here. There, there was a lot of people accepting a paycheck on my behalf. Look, I, and I I may have missed the point, people. Allegedly, Netflix have paid a lot of money to pick up this series, which would mean that we'll see it in Australia when they decide to, to make it available to us. Check it out. If you can get past the, the third app, you'll probably stay through to the end. I, I watched it through out of morbid fascination, not because of any of the performances. Um, special little hint, uh, Theo from The Cosby Show appears in it. Malcolm Jamal. Uh, and Warner, it does reveal everybody. a little bit of detail. That's, thank you very much. Uh, and it, it does reveal a little bit of detail that wasn't clear to me at the time when I saw the incident he's involved in. Um that how that played out. So I, I look forward to those that care. Hit me up at Steve Mock on Twitter and yeah, tell me what you reckon. I realised that there was a, that it was that he was in the back seat having a a breakdown um, while his buddy was um, driving the the car. I remember seeing a, a, mm. a. Don't ask me why I saw this, but it was a documentary about David Hasselhoff and uh, David was very resentful of the whole OJ thing because apparently um, David Hasselhoff at that point I think was doing Baywatch but had 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 a kind of successful music career in Germany or relatively successful mm -hmm. but really wanted to make it big in the States as a musician and so he was having it was, it was like a David Hasselhoff live or is there some sort of concert that was going to be broadcast on US television um, and he was, and this was going to be his big, you know, breakthrough moment. And he would be able to cast off the shackles of Baywatch and Knight Rider and be the mm -hmm. celebrated singer-songwriter that he deserved to be. And uh, at that very time that his concert was supposed to air was the very time 
that OJ was in that white van and every network oh, wow. <laughs> switched over to that. Uh, and so he, uh, you know, just, just another reason to, well, I mean, that's probably the best thing that came out of the, actually, now I think about it, um, is that it's... It, it, Sparing Americans. Yeah. That's a yeah. surprise. <laughs> the more you know. Gosh. Now, Mark, it's always been a part of the Emmys that have been quite controversial, if for no other reason, the way that the LA Times report them. Um, the In Memoriam You section. mean the whole show? The whole thing was an In Memoriam. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Gary Shandling, Gary Marshall. If your name was Gary, you had three minutes of screen time. Um, it was... Uh, I thought the In Memoriam was done very tastefully, even though I effing hate... I effing hate Hallelujah. I am so sick of that song. It's that song and it's Over the Rainbow. Those two effing songs need to be buried, put in like a time capsule, and a hundred years we go, oh, oh, what a quaint thing that people used to listen to that song. It's an awful song. It's been just done to death. Every contestant on the effing voice gets up and thinks that they're going to melt Australia's heart with their own rendition of that, piss off. Um, that said, that, yeah, exactly. really that said, uh, quite, a, quite a lovely, charming rendition of the song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought it was very tasteful. I quite liked it. Beautiful. And, and, and the final shot when they showed her from the, the reverse angle from, from behind was uh, and seeing uh, her looking out over the whole audience it was actually quite beautiful um yeah it was very telling wasn't it almost as if to say your turn next <laughs> who and this crowd of people will be on next year's in memoriam um yeah so i thought that was that was good it was a little bit spaced out too in that and and this i i'm not sure if i've you know maybe overread the situation but uh, there was so many significant people pass in the last mm. 12 months when it comes to television. And, and to be fair, they did not shoehorn, but throw in some people that maybe weren't necessarily known for their television work. Um, sad to lose David Bowie, sad to lose Prince, sad to lose Alan Rickman, sad to lose... Um, yeah. Who's the other one? Yes. Uh, Gene Wilder. Like, yeah, Prince. No? Yeah, like it was interesting. Basically, if you kind of ever like walked past the television, they put you in that. Like Prince, is, his contribution to television doesn't really, you know, it just feels like, oh, as long as you were on five minutes of Charlie Rose, then you can be in a in memoriam montage. I felt like I didn't need those people. And- There'll be plenty of time to mourn those people, Prince and David Bowie. It should have just, I, I feel like there's more than enough actual TV people to, to mourn without suddenly making it about music. Well, this is going to be the thing. I would expect I would expect that Prince and Bowie should have their own massive tributes at the next Grammys. I would expect that uh, Gene Wilder and Alan Rickman uh, will have their own reasonably sizable tributes at the next I Oscars. Know. I feel like Rickman, um, I don't know. I'm not convinced that they would. I feel like it's a timing thing. You've got to time your death. Like, it's got to be within the month <laughs> prior. Awards season. Yeah, You've got to do it yeah. proper. I thought... I thought Henry Winkler's Gary Marshall tribute was was there something it was a weird energy to it, um, but you know. I well, there was know. a couple of weird energies, and I say this gently because normally we pack all of the dead people together, but there was a special standout little introduced tribute to a lovely package. I will add, mm. Jeffrey Tambor, co-star of the the Larry Sanders show, introduced Gary Shandling. And the tribute for him. Now that's beautiful and lovely. But why does Shandling get big ups compared to some of the others in the list? Mm. Is it a timing? Maybe a timing thing, thing. But I think there's so many people in the industry who've been influenced by Shandling and had. I think he was a mentor to a lot of people. I don't know. I feel like, and I think similar similar thing with Gary Marshall. Um, I think. Although both giants in the industry are needed to be acknowledged, hmm. there is no question. Um, I did like when um, Henry Winkler said something like, you know, we could talk about the sh- all the great shows, Happy Days, 
Laverne and Shirley. Um, I can't remember it's the third one that, of Gary Marshall's, but he, he listed like three or so. And then he said, and we could talk about the great movies yeah. like Pretty Woman. Uh, and then he, <laughs> and it's a really minor thing, but Gary Marshall had a lot of bad movies. And it was, there was something that amused me about mm-hmm. just stopping at the one, stopping at Pretty Woman. Before you suddenly <laughs> found yourself saying yes. Valentine's Day or New Year's Day or any of the Mother's Day, all those awful things that he spent, you know, his few remaining years on earth. Anyway, sorry, rest in peace. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we didn't see this kind of uh, tribute to people like Harold Ramis, though. And he was, you know, he, he moved very deftly into directing and delivered a lot of great content. So, some yeah, fine. They needed to be acknowledged. That was great. I mean, Harold, because Harold died. But did we before, get so. at the Oscars, though, I feel, didn't we get two years ago at the Oscars? I feel like there was a, a Ramis special tribute and i remember i mean if nothing else i remember bill murray when he presented the award for like best director or something he he added harold ramus's name to the end of the list yeah i did too yeah that's right um the whole thing is hazy (laughs) for me um but it was lovely i thought the shandling package was really good I thought that the Gary Marshall package was nice. Like you said, the intro was a little bit ham-fisted from Winkler. Um, and then they went into the memoriam sort of proper with the singer and stuff. And I, at least we didn't get the smattering of applauses that we've had yes. in the past. Then It may have happened in the room, but thankfully we were saved that yes. on the broadcast. The thing that then made me awkward, though, in the in, the in memoriam this time, was that some people got spoken lines and others oh. didn't. Not every actor got to deliver... Like some of the line or the line that very they were good point. For. Actually, one thing I found slightly jarring, and I don't know how they could have done it differently, because then it would have made it seem like a tribute to Peter Boyle. But when Doris Roberts appeared and they had yes. a clip of her from Everybody Loves Raymond, the clip they played is actually is my favorite. I, I remember seeing it as a I don't know teenager and thinking, "Wow, that's a great line. That, that is a really fantastic line." And so it's my when I think of Everybody Loves Raymond, I think of the line that they showed in that in memoriam package but they didn't show the actual punchline they really showed the setup and what it was is it's marie oh. saying to frank played by peter Ball, marie saying what am i what am i to you some sort of trophy wife and that's all they showed in the in memoriam package but the full line is frank responding what contest in hell did i win that's <laughs> that's the joke that's so I missed so I felt great. I missed that but it felt it would have been weird for Peter Boyle to get the laugh in a, on someone else's tribute yeah but look it was fine and, and but that was the problem right all of a sudden we're now intercutting uh, you know excerpts from their career instead of just a nice slide mm. and you know, on we go so I don't know maybe they just needed to pat out because the song was too long who knows um Mark, uh, quite possibly the most important part of the night, depending on who you are and how it works for you, outstanding drama and all of its parts. Now, there were some, again, some fairly packed, uh, tightly run segments here, but if we have a quick look through the uh, the five, uh, we had Best Supporting Actress, or sorry, Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama was won again by Maggie Smith mm. for Downton Abbey. Uh, everybody else in that category will be very pleased there is no more Downton Abbey. So Maggie Smith can't win it. Um, supporting actor in a drama was won by Mendo, Ben mm. Mendelsohn, for Bloodline for Netflix. Our ben. Which is uh, not unreasonable. And not there to, to, to accept the award. Perhaps he was off doing Rogue One reshoot yeah. still. Um, lead actor in a drama picked up by Rami Malek for Mr. Robot. Totally deserved. But again, any one of the people in that list could have won it. Uh, lead actress was Tatiana Maslany for Orphan Black, airing here in Australia on SBS 2. That's a great series. And a friend of mine, actually, who writes for Decider TV, Meryl Barr, went suitably ballistic. He's a big supporter of that show uh, and felt that that was long overdue and, and other such superlatives. Uh, and most outstanding drama series was won again by Game of Thrones. I think that rounded out Game of Thrones Emmys to a total of now they've won 38 Gosh. out of 106 wow. nominations. After only six seasons, and there's still mm. two seasons to go. I, I, I yeah, I, I look. I watched Game of Thrones religiously, but I was, I was slightly surprised to 
see it win that. I don't know why I thought maybe maybe I'm I don't know maybe I'm I'm being a bit of a snob and but I just I don't know I thought something more I don't want to use the word worthy but um, yeah I don't know somehow in my head I just was slightly surprised that 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 won. But I've heard wonderful things about the Americans. I really mean to uh, to watch that. No, no, because it's because, you, you know how Stan's got that Showtime deal, but they've got every Showtime show except the Americans. Like annoying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is frustrating. Yeah, it's like right. the Men I'd in love the High um, We don't. Mm. They don't have a deal with that. Uh, but it's supposed to be really, really great. Someone gave me the premise for the book that it's based on. It just went. Oh yeah, I want. I want in on that. Uh, but because it hasn't legally come to Australia yet, not watching it. Um, I, I agree. I think, again, in, as as for uh, Fargo being criminally overlooked in limited series, I think that the Americans criminally overlooked uh, in this because it was nominated for both Best Drama Series uh, and Matthew Reese, the male lead, was also nominated for Lead Actor. Uh, Kerry Russell is phenomenal as his partner slash, you know, uh, spy, other spy in the family, Um she should have been nominated as well. But look, I, I think probably the biggest upsets were the lead actor, lead actress wins in that, well, lead actor had Kyle Chandler for Bloodline, Rami Malek, Mr. Robot, Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, again, I think overlooked. Matthew Reese, the Americans, Lee Schreiber, Rave Donovan, and Kevin Spacey, who seems to be nominated every year that he's in House of Cards now. Um, lead actress was Claire Danes for Homeland, Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder, <laughs> which, really? Um, Taraji P. Henson for Empire, Tatiana Maslany, who won, Kerry Russell for The American, sorry, there she is, and Robin Wright, who seems to be also permanently nominated for every season of House of Cards that comes out. Kimball came out at one point and just went, uh, you know, Taraji P. Hansen, how you doing? Do you really need the P? Can we drop that? Like, which other Taraji yeah. Henson are you trying to differentiate yourself from? Um, nice touch. I thought it was good. Nothing. And it wasn't a great, you know, uh, but just a bit of fun playing with the name. Just to lean quickly on Game of Thrones record, you know, I said that 106 nominations five of those nominations were for Best Supporting Actor and Actress roles. Because nobody is considered a lead, everyone is put in for Supporting Actor or Actress roles. Uh, we had Maisie Williams, Amelia Clark, and Lena Headey uh, for Supporting Actress and Peter Dinklage and Kit Harrington. Yeah, we had a lot, of, a lot of categories um, where the same show was competing against itself. And often that show was mm. People versus O.J. Simpson. Oh, particularly yeah. in the O.J. Simpson yeah. like limited that series stuff. Been, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think it just it, what it does is it limits then because there's only there's not going to be eleventy things listed in in for nomination, so it cuts mm. down how many people can be nominated, and it just really almost sullies the pool that it's like, well, we can't give it to this person over this person for that show, so mm. that's those three taken out, which now turns best supporting actress to Maggie Smith. Or more Tierney. Because I feel like it might have, that maybe in the past each show could only submit one episode, whereas now it, I think it's taken more of a, an approach of well, each writer can only submit one episode, and whether you know and that that can be like something like O.J. Simpson has multiple writers over multiple episodes. I, I don't know the, the ins and outs mm. of that. I might be completely wrong, but it just it does seem slightly jarring um, to see things competing against itself and also i think there's always the risk of it splitting the votes which i never like seeing i i i i feel terrible for people when like sometimes it'll happen i think it's happened maybe with the oscars where i might be wrong but i think i feel like there was a year where julianne moore was like competing against herself um and there's just that risk that you 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 know by by being nominated twice you you lose out just by having your vote split Anyway, why do I care? You don't even get double the goodie bags. Oh, well, that's the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not like you get to walk around and go, well, that was for this yeah, nomination. Right. Yeah. Now, how about <laughs> this nomination? Um, I have one final criticism to make of the evening, and it's a really petty thing, and I might even be wrong. Yes. I'm hoping I'm wrong and that you can prove me wrong. But when I was watching... I was watching um, the, the at the bottom of the screen, it would it had this thing of saying, uh, like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler coming up in sixteen minutes, uh, you know. But quite early on, yes. it said uh, coming up Chris Rock in thirteen minutes, and he never came. 
Did he, did did Chris Rock appear that I that I was not? Yeah, I felt like no. it was false, false advertising. Uh, I think that that's where the writers need to take over from now on and turn that that a bit on its head, CNN and N style, uh, and have it be like instead of the Bill Cosby gag where he's announced and he doesn't come out, blah blah blah. Have it be thirteen years, Bill Cosby. Um, <laughs> too soon. Um, or something like that. I think they need to, to play with that. There was um, some other stuff that happened because, of course, the Emmys, you know, they've got all of that time in the red carpet. People are filling the Microsoft Auditorium and all of the rest of it. Uh, there's interest and stuff that happens beforehand, including some um, presentations before the actual show. Uh, but something happened that I only saw footage from somebody having filmed it on their phone and, and publishing it, one of the journalists. And it was, and I don't know why, there was only three fifths mm. of the Stranger Things kids. Yeah, there. I, th- I felt I felt two? bad for them, and then they had to kind of get dressed up in their Stranger Things outfits and deliver sandwiches to people on the bike. Sandwiches on bikes. They know. got to ride bikes in the theater, uh, man. I, yeah, I just felt bad for them. <laughs> but yeah, no, there should have been there should have been more. Yes, well, they were on stage prior to the show starting. The house band are playing Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars and they're singing it and dancing on stage, but not in any kind of super choreographed way, just like I might just say on kids. that point, the house band were fantastic. I, yeah, absolutely. Oh, John the Mayer sat in songs, for a bit of it. Bit of Earth, Wind and Fire. Mm. Was, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the playout's quite controversial too because... It was just this light piano. It wasn't the whole swelling orchestra band thing. It was just some light piano that came up and sort of, you know, would build an intensity trying to encourage them to get out. Uh, However, Jeffrey Tambor shut that down when he was starting to talk. He talked. They tried to shut him down. And he was like, no, shush, as my father would say. And everyone knew he was talking to the band. And the piano stopped. Yeah. I mean, the good thing that he had something worthwhile to say. (laughs) But oh, I'm yeah, generally just, not, 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 not a fan of, you know, I think you've got to keep it tight. Got to keep it tight. Well, it was dangerous, right? The first two presentations to Louis and to, to Kate, mm. both of those guys got played out. Like the music came in on them and I saw, I think it was one of the Hollywood Reporter um, guys tweet, uh, it's going to be a long show if the first two presentations have their speeches played out. So, it, luckily, we did come in under three hours. Just, I don't know if that meant that, you know, Chris right. Rock popped up yeah. during an ad or what happened, but um, such as it was. Mark, the Emmys have been run and won for a year. This is my annual opportunity to say, uh, hey, National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences and, and the international journalists people, sign me up. I'll be on the Golden Globes. <laughs> I'll be in the Academy. I'll vote for these things. I'll get all of the free stuff. You'll take that second goodie bag. That <laughs> Yeah. She's not going to walk around twice. I'll take it the, the second the time. For her. I'll take one for the up. team, man. Give me their bag. I tell you what, though, what it did show us, given like just a little bit of the talk circuit that particularly uh, I can't remember her name, the young girl. She'll always be eleven. 11 no one knows Stranger Things. Saw her on. I saw her on Kimmel, and she was delightful and engaging and hilarious. And those five Stranger Things kids yeah. are going to rule. Uh, I mean, the casting on that show. I mean, it's so hard to find good kids. It's really, it's such, a, it's really difficult. And I, every one of those kids hit it out of the park. And yes, yeah, she, she especially. But I, I don't, I don't want to see any interviews with her. I like. She's eleven. I don't want to shatter the. I think she's so good, and I don't want to shatter the illusion. I kind of in my head, that's who she is. She is that character. I don't want to know. And actually, all those kids, I don't want to know anything more about them. Oh, well, I encourage you. <laughs> I, en- <laughs> But that really sums up your entire experience, Mark. You don't want to know anything more about anybody. Um, I would encourage you to have a look at her Colbert interview. It is really good because he, I mean, you know what Colbert's like. He will play to his his the people that he's interviewing and those sorts of stuff. And he was just caught off guard. She was so sharp and so happy and polite but not going to let him take kind of any kind of hint of a joke hmm. further than she was wanting to let him. It was good really stuff. good. The Emmys, Mark, final thoughts? I think they should definitely have another one next year. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, yeah. I think, I, think I, think, get it right I, I agree with the premise of the evening. <laughs> I, think, I think they should keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, uh, I, I think 
the 69th Emmy Awards should be fine. Yeah, I think I, I legitimately think if he's up for it, bring Andy Sandberg back. He was fantastic. James Corden did a, a very good job hosting the Tonys this year, so I'd, I would be equally um, satisfied mm-hmm. seeing him um, hosting the show. Uh, and I'm sure there's other people who could do it as well, but yeah. You know who I don't want to see uh, do it? Jimmy I Fallon. Oof. No? Why is that? No, I'm not. I'm not sold. I mean, I've, I've particularly when I was traveling to mm-hmm. America, I would catch a lot of the late night stuff. Uh, and look, there's always a special place in my heart for Colbert. There's no question. Um, but I just find Fallon. It, it's a little too stunty, jokey. Let's have now. There's this sketch if, where we're going to mind find a things. way con- to condense a three hour show into a three minute viral video. Then he'd be perfect. Um, I, 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 Jimmy, Jimmy kind oh, of grew on me. Ideal. I was, I was a bit suspicious about him becoming a late night host, but then he grew on me. And then, but just more recently, I found he's kind of, uh, the Trump thing certainly didn't help. Um, I, th- I think he's just kind of, he's too much yep. of a fan. Like he's too sycophantic with guests. He sort of fawns over people. Yep. Um, someone wrote this, and I thought it was a really interesting observation just on the, on the Fallon Trump interview. Where it was, I think they said Fallon's Fallon's um, Trump interview made people realize it's not John Stewart they missed, it's David Letterman, and you yeah. just imagine what Letterman would have been like in that scenario, oh. uh, and wouldn't have given him an inch. Exactly, that's it. Yeah, and and we haven't really seen that in any of the new breed of late night hosts where they've had a guest where they've profoundly disagreed uh, or not liked what they've done, and being polite about it, but just not let them have the nice, happy experience. Has, has, has Colbert had Trump on? I'm guessing not. I think not yet. I wouldn't have thought he would be willing. I'd, he'd probably have him on, but I think that would be the thing. It would be you're coming on, but it's not going to be, not hostile, but it's not going to be a nice, pleasant chat. How, how's um, Colbert rating? Because for years and years, while well, it was Leno and Letterman, it was always kind of neck and neck or... Leno, I think, overall pulled ahead more often than not, but not never by huge amounts. But I get the impression that Colbert is just not resonating with audiences. I might be wrong. Uh, do you know how it's doing? Yeah, my my understanding is that he is he's a, a not distant, but not a close second. But he is clawing back, uh, and certainly his live fortnight that he did for the two conventions, where every night was live rated its pants off for him. Oh, okay. Um, right. And, and uh, I was talking to somebody else about it. I agree that I think that they should keep doing it live. It's a pain. It's difficult. It's going to take a lot of energy, but it's a significant point of drift difference and it really paid off. Yeah, right. Yeah, cool. You know, because these afternoon records, that means that whatever hits the news and, and sort of into the evening, particularly if there's big events, they just don't get talked about until the next night mm. and it's done. Everyone's moved on. Everyone's gone to watch Carpool Karaoke. <laughs> the schedule would be awful, though, if you did it live. Um, anyway. It would be hard work because you need a full audience ready to burn at 11 o'clock at night instead of 2 in the afternoon. Yeah, like a writing staff that's willing to hang around till 11.30 at night. No. Oh, look, they're only paying them 10 bucks. It'll do the kids good. <laughs> Mark Humphreys, how can people find you on the internet and elsewhere? You know, just... (laughs) (laughs) Never before have you been less interested to promote yourself ever. I just feel like... Like, you can work it out. It's just... You know, <laughs> it's like asking someone for directions. It's to get the maps out. Like <laughs> Google my name, you'll find something. <laughs> Hopefully, it's somebody complaining about your presentation style and your diction. Um, look, it, people, I'll do it for Mark. He's at Mark Humphreys on Twitter. He's appearing regularly on SBS Two, the feed, uh, and does a great job presenting his little sketches, little funny little plays. 
when, when he's on that he's co-written with Evan Williams. I'm not doing this anywhere near as good as you. No, that's uh, that's great. That's much better than me saying Google me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find him on uh, Facebook. He is facebook.com slash Mark Humphreys Comedian. Uh, make your Mark Humphreys Comedy. I'll have to. I'll have Sorry, to Mark Humphreys Comedy. Uh, the, 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 you know, the fact checker in me needs to at least step in there. But thank you. That was a lovely uh, little, little wrap up. I am at Steve Mulk, of course. If you are hanging in here and we're expecting this to be a Real Housewives of Auckland recap, look, I'm sorry. This happens every year. Um, but look, persevere because there will be another Real Housewives of Auckland recap very shortly. Um, so keep an eye on your iTunes things. You can read my stuff at Decider TV. You can subscribe to my email newsletter uh, at MolksTVTalk.com, which I encourage you to do, people. 30 days free. I'll send you one email every day with the five best things to watch on TV that day. And you can ignore it or you can bank them up and watch them and you'll probably be better for it if you do. After that, after that 30 days, it's only five bucks, which, Mark, is less than the cost of a cup of coffee or even a meringue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the wheels have well and truly fallen off. Good night. (laughs) Goodbye. Malk's TV Talk, the podcast. 